Welcome back to All Our Nonsense. Uh, if you're listening to this on the free feeds, I apologize. It's been quite a while since I've given you guys some content. I'm here to say sorry and let you know that you will be getting content starting right now with this. If you're listening on Patreon.com, of course, you guys are getting exclusive audio content on a weekly basis. Tell your friends the dollar. Uh, they can subscribe at the dollar level at Patreon.com slash All Our Nonsense. Um... This one today is very, very interesting, and it's something I actually wanted to cover for a little while now. I just actually never got around to it. Um, if you're looking at the title of this episode, it is the Versus Effect. That's right, I'm talking about Versus, uh, or also known as Versus TV or Hashtag Versus. Um, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. I think that, number one, I want to congratulate Tim and Swiss for what they did, Um Versus has you know recently signed a deal with Apple, which is big. So you, if you have Apple TV, you can view it there, uh, as well as still viewing it on Instagram and things like that. Um, I like I said, I wanted to talk about this for a while. I just never got around to it. I've been doing the exclusive stuff for Patreon, and uh, I've been meaning to get some stuff recorded here for the free feeds as well. I apologize if you're listening on the free feeds, but you're you're gonna start getting content on a routinely basis here again. So that's cool. Um, ever since quarantine, man, it's been really rough. Um, I've had some personal things that I've been dealing with. Um, I, you know, unfortunately lost my aunt and, um, my brother-in-law lost his father. Um, you know, a lot, a lot has gone on and, uh, it's, it just boggles the mind that, uh, I'm recording this on August the 2nd. It will go live today. Um, that it's August already. And I was still routinely working in my office every day until the end of March. And, uh, you know, thanks to the grace of God, um, I am now completely on the work from home team for my employer. So that's cool. Um, it was really eerie when I had to go back to the office and basically pack up the things in my desk because I knew, even though I was still employed by the company, I knew I would not be returning even if, you know, COVID decided that, you know, it run its course to the U S. Um, so COVID plays a big part in all of this because Versus, started by Timbaland and Swiss Beats, um, was an idea they did basically to entertain all of us because, you know, it just wasn't safe to be outside. It, it just wasn't. And it still isn't, to be completely honest with you. And for all you people out partying and doing all that stupid stuff, like, it's time to stop. I just saw something on Reddit. Um, if you're a listener and you're not from the state of Missouri, I am born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, more specifically University City, Missouri, which is a small suburb of St. Louis. Um, the Ozarks are in St. Louis, and I know they've gotten kind of trendy because of the show Ozark on Netflix. Um, there was, I want to say Memorial Day weekend, there was a big party down at the Ozarks, as there is every year, and Labor Day. And it's just not safe during everything that's going on with the virus and all. And then I just saw something on Reddit right before I sat down to record that of course, another huge party at the Ozarks, no social distancing, nobody wearing masks. People don't believe this is real, and I'm here to tell you it's 100% real. I've lost family members to it. I know people who have lost family members as well. This virus is 100% real. It can kill you. It's It hasn't been named a pandemic for no reason. So you guys need to be safe out there. Um, I don't, I, I guess I've always kind of been a homebody. I didn't really go out often, to be completely honest with you, um, and the older I get, I just, what is there out there for me? It's just not, I'm a dad. I want to stay at home. I want to, you know, I, I don't know. I guess maybe I don't like people that much. That's a weird way to say it, but whatever. Um, 
I didn't. Everybody's like, how's your quarantine going? It's I'm not bothered because I didn't really do much except for go to work and then go to set for filming and stuff like that. Um, so for me to for God to say, hey, sit your ass down, it didn't bother me because I was already sitting my ass down. And it seems a lot of these people, though, can't seem to deal with that. So <clears throat> having said all that, again, just be safe. Um, and even when you do have to go out to go to the store and stuff like that, wear a mask. It's mandatory at a lot of places now. Um, and wear your mask because you don't know if the people there have been social distancing properly. And there have been a lot of people who have uh, contracted the disease and, you know, they were asymptomatic. They didn't show any symptoms and they were doing the right thing. It just so happens that somebody who was in the vicinity of them was not doing the right thing. Um, this virus is claiming lives. The death toll continues to climb every day. And uh, we just don't have the correct leadership at the... at. Uh, the national government level. Uh, and I, I don't want to get into that because that's not what we're here to talk about today. So um, be mindful, be aware of your surroundings, and be safe is all I have to say about that. Um, again, the verses effect. I wanted to talk about verses for a while. I just never gotten around to it. And um, it just keeps getting better and better. And I felt like I wouldn't be doing right by, uh, by Tim and Swiss if I didn't cover this topic, because I seem to cover a lot of other things, you know, I covered every episode of The Last Dance, I did my countdown of my favorite uh, MCU films, and if you want the coverage for The Last Dance, you can get the audio version at patreon.com slash nonsense, um, and the there is a audio version on YouTube if you go to my YouTube channel, and same thing with my MCU films, the exclusive audio is, the audio is exclusive to the Patreon um, a few episodes are available on YouTube, uh, not too many, but, um, yeah, Tim and Swiss are phenomenal producers, and they've been doing this for a long fucking time, and my journey with Timbaland and Swiss Beats goes back to when I was in high school, when they were making the dopest shit there was, when, you know, uh, they were both, like, it, Hard Knock Life is one of, it's one of my favorite Jay-Z albums, and they both, are featured prominently on that album. Like the best songs from Jay on that album come from Tim and Swiss. So they've been running concurrently for a while. Timbaland had his whole thing in Virginia. Um, you know, you that that sound, you could trace that back to a guy like Teddy Riley, who was originally from New York, but ended up moving down to Virginia and set up a studio down there. And Timbaland and, and, and uh, Missy Elliott and Pharrell and Chad Hugo, they all pretty much learned at the hands of Timbaland and Pusha T. Like, that continued to grow. It's like a tree that they've all branched off on. And it comes from Timbaland being there, but it comes from originally Teddy Riley moving to Virginia. And, uh, you know, I want to say, I think maybe Pharrell may have been, he was in high school. He may have ghost production on Rex and Effects, Rump Shaker. I remember being in the fifth grade when Rump Shaker came out. And I remember my friend Nick Oldham, uh, he's a white kid, but he was hilarious. Phenomenal artist. I love Nick. Uh, I'm not sure where he is today, but I hope he's doing well. Um, his favorite song was fucking Rump Shaker, and he would like, we would go to his house after school, and he had the tape, and he would play it, and then rewind it and play it again. I, that's how I know all the words to Rump Shaker. So I've been following the musical career of these gentlemen pretty much most of my existence. And when you, like, your teenage years are when you really, really start getting into music heavy. And, um, at that time, you couldn't turn on the radio without hearing something that Timbaland produced or Swiss Beats at that point. Like I said, they were all like what Swiss Beats did for DMX and the rest of the Rough Riders crew. 
unmatched. What Timbaland was able to do for himself, Magoo, Missy, Aaliyah, Player, all those different artists, um, you know, Static Major, all those people just branch off of this Timbaland branch. And it, again, it comes from Teddy Riley being down in Virginia and stuff like that. And you still think about it like Pusha T is still one of the best rappers on the planet. And he comes off of that Pharrell tree that comes off of that Timbaland tree. They're all phenomenal. Um, so versus, um, you know, it was beautiful for what it was. Now, there were producers who were doing beat battles before and they were doing it via Instagram Live. And Timbaland and Swiss kind of, I would say they got the idea from that point and they took it to another level. So, um, and I'm, this is from the Wikipedia page. Uh, they have verses listed as an independent visual webcast series presented, created, and launched by Grammy Award ring record recording producers Timbaland and Swiss Beats. The first live cast premiered on Instagram Live late March 2020. The two were also the first challengers who then began to curate the future lineup uh, slash matches. The Versus series brand gained its official trademark in April 2020, brought by Timbaland. The planned history of creating a live battle was conceived from the idea of Timbaland and Swiss back in 2017, which led to a producer clash battle during the Hot uh, 97 Summer Jam concert in 2018. Like I said, they've been doing beat battles for quite a while now. The live show consists of two, talent, two challengers in the entertainment industry who compete their best hit record, whether being in their creative musical production, songwriting, or vocal production catalog, while also celebrating each other's achievements. A winner is totally according to a viewer's biased opinion, which is true. And we've been kind of watching these together, and everybody's been kind of keeping their own scorecard via Twitter. Now, here on the Wikipedia page, they actually call a winner for most of these battles. And Vulture... Um, there's a website where they rank all 17 versus battles in order of importance and greatness and stuff like that. Um, there are no actual winners chosen. In an ABC News interview, Swiss Beats stated, the people won, the culture won, music won as a reference to the music sales and online streams gradually increasing due to both newfound interest and curiosity as well as recognition of the participating artists rising once again, creating the quote-unquote versus effect. Title of this episode. Um... This is 100% true. If you check the stream, the streaming numbers of the artists who participate in the versus battle, they always see a jump in streams later that day, that evening, or over the next few days. Their streams go up. So these artists have got to be extremely happy because it's allowing them playing their music for the fans is putting, you know, a lot of us be like, oh shit, I forgot about this song. Oh, I remember where I was the first time I heard this song. Oh, this fucking song is crazy. And that has happened to me, and I've went back and added some stuff to not only my Apple Music library, my Spotify library, as well as my Tidal library. And Apple Music obviously now puts out a versus list of all the records. Elliot Wilson for Tidal, he's the head of uh, content for Tidal. The minute the battle was done, he was posting a link for the playlist for the records that did 20 records that uh, each artist played. That became big. Spotify got in it. And then, of course, they made the deal with Apple. So now you get the Apple playlist after each battle as well. Still, You're still getting stuff from Tidal, and I think Spotify is still doing it as well. Um, even though no winners are selected because it's seen as a celebration between the artists, Billboard magazine has been releasing their scorecard and breakdowns of the battles and selected their winner based on their observations, tallying scores for each round and ending with people's choice, but an overall winner is crowned based on the scoring system. 
Uh, the webcast platform served as an anticipated online streaming show during the COVID-19 pandemic in ways to keep viewers at home entertained during the crisis. The official audio track only recap of verses can also be played on Tidal, music streaming services, as well as Spotify. Again, they have inked the deal with Apple. Um, so they go on to talk about a lot of, a lot of other stuff. Um, the music artist who competes often use their own cell phone, tablet device, or web camera to live stream on Instagram Live through their verified artist page. As with any normal format, uh, format of Instagram Live, one must add or request each other to communicate virtually face-to-face -face with each other from wherever they are. Uh, the first time this format has changed was in the challenge between Bounty Killer and Beanie Man. And I believe that was Memorial Day weekend, if I'm not mistaken. That was the first time they put the two artists together. And the crazy thing about that battle was... Apparently it got so rowdy, and this took place in Jamaica from my understanding, it got so rowdy the police showed up and Beanie Man said to the police officer, don't be that guy. We have uh, like 500,000 people watching this right now. Don't be that guy. I am not a huge reggae fan, but I, there are some Beanie Man records that I love. Uh, there's a few Bounty Killer records that I like as well, but there are like I love a bunch of Beanie Man shit. So I didn't watch that battle live. I have watched the replay of it. Uh, of it. A lot of this stuff is available on the, the Revolt YouTube page as well, if you haven't seen some of these battles. And um, I'm not going to lie and say I've caught every single one. That's 100% not true. I've seen like the replay of some of them or some of them I just didn't see at all. Um, so Bounty Killer and Beanie Man both appeared together under the Versus TV Instagram channel's live feed instead of their own channels. During the battle, the artists then play each song through audio sound systems via computer or recording studio equipment. This format also changed with the battle of uh, Bounty Killer and Beanie Man, who fully performed live with microphones along with the DJ, uh, which in turn also provided good acoustics and feedback without interruptions. There was a first attempt by record producer Teddy Riley to perform live against Bailey Babyface, but because of technical difficulties, it was unsuccessful. That was the first battle where we had to have a part one and a part two because it just didn't work out. So I think it was a Saturday night it was supposed to start, and... For Teddy Riley, it was just going all kinds of wrong. And then I saw a picture of the setup online, and it was actually really good. He had a stage set up, like, in his living room. He had lighting and everything. And Teddy actually wanted to broadcast it on his website. And it seems, you know, it seems like he was trying to monetize it. I don't know exactly. I'm not going to go on, on record as saying that. But the way that it was set up, my understanding was he was somewhat trying to monetize the battle and that may be i don't know but there was issues you know technical issues that allowed it, that didn't allow it to take place that night so we had to come back monday night and when they reconnected on monday night it was phenomenal uh teddy obviously they had to alter their song lineup because they were about three or four songs in on saturday night and it just didn't go down um so the song selected by the artist begin with sharing trivial personal stories of the creation of the song and the experience surrounding it before playing or performing the track. Oftentimes, the artists on both sides would hype up their comedic or blunt words of exchange to show their competitor, uh, competitive spirit along with having the authority to bragging rights. Uh, the competitive live streaming show is usually two hours long with the exception of continuing on their own after it's over to allow fans and followers to engage with them. The artists pre-select 20 songs from their catalog to compete with some technical force a video stream to get booted off due to weak Wi-Fi connection or a licensed copyrighted song could only be played to a minimum of 90 seconds before being cut off stream or the live stream allotted time to be only one hour long and the artist must restart another another live session and continue where they left off 
However, during the Battle of Jill Scott and Erica Badu, which I believe took place Mother's Day weekend, that was the first battle that included two ladies, and Jill Scott and Erica Badu did a phenomenal job, and there were a lot of songs that I forgot about, and I was like, oh shit, I remember where I was the first time I heard this. I remember the way this song made me feel, and from that battle, I've probably listened to uh, Didn't You Know by Erica Badu at least a hundred fucking times since that battle. That is still one of my, and I totally forgot. I'm like, oh God, I used to love this fucking song. That is like the greatest Eric Badu song to me. Um, the live feed stayed continuous for more than two hours without booting out with the exception of Badu's live being cut short from Wi-Fi technicalities. Uh, viewers who are observing the challenges watch from their electronic device, phone, tablet, or computer with their Instagram accounts. It is simultaneously enjoyed as a watch party or listening party with other individuals, whether at home, together, or as a virtual population over the live stream. Viewers interact by comment, uh, commenting their opinions, judgment, reactions, emotions, and may use a spe special character emojis as a form of expression. Some, in Ugh, I'm tongue -tied. Some individuals may try to keep score, but ultimately get lost in the rounds. Following the webcast, a replay of the challenge or brief video upload recap of battle may be seen on the Versus YouTube channel, along with other unofficial re-uploads. Some clips are also shared on other social media platforms. Also, the official audio music only recap playlist of songs used in the battles can be streamed on the Versus title channel. Apple TV began streaming the present presentation live in HD uh, on June 19th of 2020. Um... Due to the overwhelming response of complaints of technical issues, Swiss and Timberland impl implemented a new rule on May 25th of 2020 that the future participants are required to use equipment kit provided by the brand Roland, who created the, a new setup to supply the best audio as possible to prevent issues from continuing, stating you cannot do verses unless you use the technology that we're sending you because we're sending it to you for a reason. Um, they have it broken down into two seasons, basically. Um, the challenges here are the rules. Each battle uh, are paired up by the genre of categories where a music producer will go up against another music producer, songwriter against songwriter, vocal production example, vocal artist against vocal artist. Uh, subcategory, singer versus singer, rapper versus rapper. Each artist has uh, up to 20 tracks prepared to use in the battle. The guidelines for competing are to have produced, written, or sang on the track used. As for many rap artists, they can use their collaborations or feature segments from other artists' tracks. I'm going to stop right there. This one was very interesting because when the, when word came out that we were getting Jill Scott versus Erica Badu, um, the question was who had the rights to um, play the song "You Got Me" by The Roots. It's a Roots record. Erica Badu sings the hook. It's The Roots, Eve, and Erica Badu. Erica Badu sings the hook. However, Jill Scott actually wrote the hook. And Jill Scott has had to perform the hook when The Roots performed. Before anybody knew who Jill was, before she became Jilly from Philly, she was just a songwriter from around the way. She actually connected with DJ Jazzy Jeff, of course, who was very famous for his time with Will Smith, as DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, who also uh, Jeff portrayed the character Jazz on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as well. Anyway, however... Um, Again, Erica sang the hook, but Jill wrote it. So the funny thing is, when the battle came up, Erica played it because she sang on it, and then Jill played it right after Erica because she wrote the hook, which we all thought was brilliant, and nobody had an issue with that. Now, producers who remixed a track have been called into question, especially if they are not the originator of the song produced, as a pun joke from Babyface. Teddy Riley played something, and 
Babyface said, oh, I didn't know we were doing remixes. I didn't know that remixes count. Babyface versus Teddy Riley is probably the most famous of the versus battle to me because um, I guess we kind of all found out how shady Babyface kind of could be. Like he threw like ultimate shade, but he did it in such a nice way. He pulled out a guitar and performed uh, Change the World, which is a song he has with Eric Clapton. He played it live and then called it his quote unquote white song. And everybody thought that was hilarious. And there are a bunch of songs that I found out, like some of my favorite songs, I think some Tevin Campbell records, I didn't know that Babyface had written those. We found out, like, we all knew that Babyface's catalog was extensive. That night, we found out just how extensive his catalog was. Um, so, uh, the winners are solely to the discretion of the viewer's preference. There are no direct chosen winners. However, accolades surrounding an artist's accomplishments may make one person outshine the next. <laughs> the real winners are the views counted by how many tuned in, tuned in to watch as it shows the popularity and the support given. During the battle, they are allowed to gloat, flaunt, tease as it is friendly competition. Spectators, whether celebrities or general viewing public, keep score on who they believe won each round, sometimes losing count. The challenger usually feeds off the last contender's song, choice, or wordplay that puns to complete complement the flow. The curators who preside over the live feed remotely monitor the competitions. Series two will take place with the new guideline in effect. So this is versus series one. This is what they count as the first season. Uh, Swiss Beats versus Timbaland. Um, at their peak, they had 22,000 live viewers on Instagram. At the peak. This was March 24th of 2020. Um, after the live views, it was 4,800,000. Uh, 4. Duration of this one was five hours. I was not aware it was that long. The second one was Boy Wonder versus Hit Boy. That was March 27th, uh, 18,600 viewers at their peak, um, one, about 1,000 views, no, 100,000 100, views on the YouTube recap, that was two hours. Um, number three, The Dream versus Sean Garrett, which is probably the first one where you had like some issues. Sean Garrett was either drunk or on some sort of medication and he licked his phone and everybody thought that was crazy and if you go back and watch that one in the comments there were other artists saying sean pick up the phone sean call me are you okay what is going on something's not right with him and everybody was just really worried about this man's well-being um at the peak for them they had forty-six thousand viewers um two thousand uh two hundred thousand views on youtube uh there's not a time period for the duration. Then there's Neo versus Jonta Austin. Um, this is another one that doesn't list the time, the duration. Excuse me. Um, this one also songwriting and music production. A lot of people didn't know how talented Jonta Austin was and all the things he had written and produced. I was aware of his accolades, his accolades. I'm sorry, and what he had done and. I think the world found out that night. At their peak, they had 80,300 viewers and uh, 600,000 views on YouTube afterwards. <clears throat> this one I was not aware was an official versus battle, French Montana versus Tory Lanez. It appeared, uh, it was quarantine radio versus, at the time Tory Lanez was doing quarantine radio via Instagram. This one was vocal production and recording. Um, 81,500 views at their peak. 45 minutes was the duration. There's no data for YouTube views. Scott Storch and Manny Fresh, that was a good one. Music production and songwriting vocals, that was April 1st. Uh, 145,000 at their peak. Um, it doesn't show the duration. 
a lot of people kind of uh scott storch has a pretty deep catalog he's done a lot um he did some stuff for the roots he's had a run with dr dre he of course is a lot of people probably think of him the most when they think of lean back by terror squad um and i think he made it done make it rain by fat joe as well and then um it, scott storch has a bunch of records and, and manny fresh unfortunately for the the better part of his career he was an in-house producer for cash money records and he basically was the only producer they used they didn't branch out and start using other production until you know manny fresh left cash money records so a lot of his stuff sounds extremely regional which made it look a certain way when they battled um i still give manny fresh credit i think he's a genius um there would be no Lil wayne without manny fresh and anybody who doesn't know that simply doesn't really know music all that well uh ryan tedder versus benny blanco wasn't aware of this one their peak by far the lowest twelve thousand viewers at their peak so that's interesting uh, T-Pain versus Lil Jon. That was a really, really good one. That was April 4th. Their peak was 270,000 viewers on YouTube, on Instagram, 400,000 on YouTube. Uh, it doesn't show the duration. That was a really good one. A lot of people got upset with T-Pain when he played I'm a Flirt. The original I'm a Flirt record was actually a Bow Wow record. And then uh, R. Kelly was on the original record. And then R. Kelly decided he was going to do another version and remove Bow Wow from it. And that version featured T-Pain. Although that song is phenomenal because of the the allegations and the things that R. Kelly has been accused of, people don't really want to hear R. Kelly records. And a lot of people will say that's what lost the battle for T-Pain. But him and Lil Jon did a great job. Um, after that, April 11th, this was happening on basically a weekly basis at this point. So April 11th, we got RZA versus DJ Premier, which is one of my favorite versus battles. We are talking... This is gritty, old-school, East Coast hip-hop at its best. We're talking Premiere out of D&D. We're talking some Nas records, some J records, some Biggie records. And then we're talking RZA, who is responsible for the Wu-Tang Clan. And we got to hear a bunch of great Wu records and then some Ghost and Raid records. And, of course, yesterday was the anniversary of the Purple Tape, a.k.a. Only Built for Cuban Links, Ghost, uh, Raekwon featuring Ghostface Killer. Um, go play that album if you haven't listened to it in a while. It still fucking holds up today. It's still classic. Uh, shout out to Ghost and Ray. Um, so at that battle, that was April 11th, at their peak, they had 850,000 viewers. Now, this is the first time they started basically charting winners, and these come from Billboard. So for the first seven, Billboard didn't score a winner. So for this one, they gave the win to DJ Premier. The score being 14, 9, and 2. I guess they would say two of the records were too close to call, I'm guessing. I don't know. Uh, the next one was Teddy Riley versus Babyface, April 18th of 2020. Uh, the first day, they the peak was 400,000 viewers. Obviously, they had the, uh, the technical difficulties. The first one only lasted an hour. The second one was two days later, April 20th. 500,000 was the peak. 3.7 million attempted access, breaking the internet. They have 600,000 views on YouTube. The second battle was an hour and 40 minutes long. Billboard scored that one 13 10 2 to Babyface. Um, Erica Badu versus Jill Scott, Mother Day, Mother's Day weekend. 
Um, they had 700,000 at the peak on Instagram, which is awesome. They have no views for the YouTube data. They went three hours and Billboard scored that one 11, nine to four for Erica Badu. <coughs> this next battle kind of got to me. Nelly versus Ludacris. When it was announced, being from St. Louis and also being from University City, just like Nelly, Everybody's like, Luda's gonna watch Nelly. And I'm just like, that's not gonna fucking happen. Y'all forgetting what Mo did. Like, Nelly had a run that was second to almost none. And the crazy thing about this one was it was storming really bad that day here in St. St. Louis. I wanna tell you that. Um, Nelly was on Instagram all morning checking settings, making sure everything was good. And we thought, just like, okay, he came to fight. And. When the battle started, the internet was not on point, man. And uh, Nelly showed up in a University City High School baseball jersey. And I remember that jersey from when I was a kid. Our jerseys for the Little League teams that played, you know, University City Baseball looked the same way, except ours were like blue or red or something like that. Only the high school could wear the gold. The University City High School colors are black and gold. So they had just the straight gold jerseys. And I wanted that jersey like... I was like, I can't wait till I get to high school and I play for the baseball team and I get to wear that jersey. And then we moved out of the district, whatever, so I never got it. So Mo showed up with the jersey on. I thought it was going to be a fight, and that just was not it. And it was Janet Jackson's birthday, and Nelly has songs with Janet Jackson. He didn't even play a record he has with Janet Jackson, which was crazy. He didn't play the record he has with NSYNC. There was a lot of records Nelly left on the table. He could have beat Ludacris. He just didn't show up prepared, and the internet did not help it. At their peak, they had 500,000 views on Instagram. There's no YouTube data. They went for two hours. They scored the uh, battle 12-9-4 to Ludacris, which tells you he really only beat Nelly by three records is what Billboard is saying. Nelly left a lot of records on the table that he did not play. Um, because of the technical difficulties in the Nelly and Ludacris battle and the Teddy Riley and Babyface battle, from that point on, the understanding was you have to battle in person at the same spot. We're not doing the two different simulcasts together. That's not going to work. So, Bounty Killer versus Beanie Man. Um, this one was May 23rd. 500,000 viewers at their peak on Instagram. They have this scored 13 to 10. 13, 10 to 3, Beanie Man. Uh, 112 versus Jagged Edge. This was on Memorial Day. Uh, I did not watch this battle. That was a tough day for me. I don't exactly remember what happened, but I don't remember Memorial Day being the best day this year. It was a really tough day for me. Um, they had 262,000 views. Um, and this one's really strange because Jagged Edge and 112 have had some semblance of like, I won't, I won't call it beef, but misunderstandings. They're both from Atlanta, if you did not know. 112 actually gets their name from a club in Atlanta called Club 112. Um, Jagged Edge says that I forgot exactly how they stated it. Um, they just felt like they were better than 112, but 112 got all the accolades. Um, you have to remember 112 initially was signed to Bad Boy, and when you put that Diddy gloss on everything, it looks a little better. Whereas 112 was signed to So So Def, and Jermaine Dupri's no slouch either. Um, Jermaine Dupri can create, write, and, and produce a phenomenal record, and he makes hits. Diddy can have somebody else produce the record for him, and then Diddy will go and throw his ad-libs on it, and he'll make it a hit as well. So it, it depends on how you look at the situation. But it's cool that they were able to settle their differences to even do this, but there were some members of 112 who were not present because they have left the group, and that's another thing. 
the ownership of the name of the group and all that stuff, that's all up in the air. Uh, at their peak, they had 262,000 viewers. They went for an hour and 40 minutes, and this one was scored to 112, 13, 9 to 3. So all these were pretty close when Billboard started scoring them. Um, uh, New York Magazine catered to pop culture. Vulture actually gave a full list of winners of results, winner results of all the battles, including the quarantine radio uh, battle as well. Uh, they scored that one to French Montana, by the way. Um, versus Series 2. This is the current series that we're in. They've undergone new rule changes and technical maintenance to provide quality performances and returned on May 31st with a special versus. <coughs> this one was Kirk Franklin versus Fred Hampton. They were opening words in a prayer by Bishop T.D. Jakes. This one was gospel music, and it was uh, called The Healing. Now, this one was not a battle. They call it The Healing because at this point, we're going through the fallout from the murder of George Floyd by the Minnesota police and the murder of Breonna Taylor and Ahmed Aubrey and all these things and the protests. We, it, we shouldn't have to keep reminding you guys that black lives matter. Like we matter, you know, we didn't ask to be brought here to the colonies, which became the United States of America. We were taken from our homes in Africa and brought here. And I've, I was born here. So I'm, I, Africa's never been my home, but we should not have to, you know, keep reminding you guys that our lives matter. So the Kirk Franklin versus Fred Hammond, that was a special edition of Versus. That was for the world to heal because we were all going through so much pain. Uh, they did not. There were no judgments on that one. The next battle was Juneteenth, Alicia Keys versus John Legend. That was also a special edition. Um, the Fred Hammond-Kirk Franklin battle at their peak was 270,000 viewers, 276,000 viewers on Instagram. Um, they went for two hours, 20 minutes, June 19th, uh, the Juneteenth edition, they were 154,000 at their peak. They went for two hours, 30 minutes, and there are no judgments by billboard on that one. Uh, that brings us to the most recent ones, Fabulous and Jadakiss. This one was June 29th, 387,000 at their peak. They went for an hour and 20 minutes. Billboard scored this 15, nine to two for Jadakiss. I didn't see this one live. I did watch the playback, and what I will tell you is I think Fab was very much unprepared. He and his DJ did not seem to be on the same page. Fab asked him to play one record, and the DJ said, no, I don't want to play that one, and played something else. Fabulous has records. For whatever reason, I don't know what the fuck was wrong with DJ Booth. He decided, oh, yeah, well, whatever. I don't, I'm not going to play that. You're the DJ. He pays you to go on tour with him. You're basically his employee to a certain extent. When it comes to his music, you are his employee. Telling him you're not going to play the record, that is fucking crazy. Fab could have won. I still prefer Jada as a rapper, but I, Fab has crazy records too. Don't get me wrong. Fab could have won that. Or he could have. it could have been a lot closer than it was, but for your DJ to tell you, nah, I'm not playing that. The most recent one was July 22nd. It had been a while. We were all wondering when's the next verses, when is this going to happen, this one to me, this one, Teddy Riley versus Babyface, Jill Scott versus Erica Badu. These are my top three. This one was DMX versus Snoop Dogg, the Battle of the Dogs. This one was phenomenal. Uh, Five hundred twenty, and this is actually the first battle after the announced deal with Apple. Five hundred twenty-two thousand at their peak on Instagram. It went two hours. Billboard, interestingly enough, scored this twelve to twelve to ten to four for DMX and. I still, as much as I love X, 
Snoop Dogg's music is timeless. And there was a period where X kind of fell off where he was going through some personal issues. Snoop was still making hit music during that time. And Snoop left a lot of records on the table. DMX played his best records, and I still feel like Snoop won that battle. I don't know. So this one's very interesting to me. I, It's interesting Billboard scored it that way. Now, Vulture, again, they have ranked all versus battles from 17 down to number one. Um, at 17, they have the Dream versus Sean Garrett. 16, they have Jagged Edge versus 112. 15, French Montana versus Tory Lanez. 14, Manny Fresh versus Scott Storch. Uh, at 13, Boy Wonder versus Hit Boy. Which that one... See, this one's very... This is the, the strangest battle to me. Because Hit Boy has songs with Jay-Z, Kanye West, Drake, Beyonce, Kendrick Lamar, and Nicki uh, Minaj. Boy Wonder's catalog pretty much... Not saying he doesn't have work with other artists, but he, he along with uh, 40... And, um, well, basically him and 40 have given Drake the bulk of his production. Like, it doesn't matter. Whenever Drake comes out with the project, there's going to be Boy Wonder Records on there. Drake has so many records. He just broke a record the other day based on the two records he just did with DJ Khaled. He's, like, ahead of Madonna. And, like, so that one was honestly a little unfair to me because no matter what Hit Boy played, like... You have to remember, Hit Boy did Niggas in Paris for Jay-Z and Kanye West, which was e arguably the best song from 2011 through 2012. Like, there was, when they were on the, the Watch the Throne tour, I forget where they were. I want to say it was Paris. They perform, performed that song back-to-back -back 11 times straight, and the crowd loved it and rapped the words every single time. Hit Boy did Niggas in Paris, but Boy Wonder has given Drake the bulk of his catalog so when you when if you <laughs> that's hard that's really hard so like even putting them in 13 to me is a stretch it should be at this should probably be 16 or 17 because it was really one-sided in my opinion and that's not taking anything away from hit boy it's just that boy wonders catalog is really hard to beat because of his work with the boy um Number 12 was Neo versus Jonte Austin. Um, number 11 is Fabulous versus Jada Kiss. Jada was good and drunk, and Fab, of course, was having issues with his DJ, so there we go. Uh, number 10 was Babyface versus Teddy Riley, parts one and two. And there was a lot of times where you could look at Babyface and see he was fed up with Teddy Riley and his terrible internet and stuff like that. Um, I think everybody scored this for... Billboard wasn't scoring them at this point, but I think all between my friends and I and everybody I had a conversation with, we all gave this one to Babyface. The funniest thing about this was um, Teddy Riley saying something about Babyface's internet and Tony Braxton going on Twitter saying, no, 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 Teddy, that's your internet. We know that's not Kenny's internet. So this one was really funny. They like Teddy Riley was the butt of jokes for weeks until... We had the unfortunate issue with Nelly's internet. So Nelly having bad internet is the only thing that saved Teddy Riley because he was the joke of the internet. At number nine actually is Ludacris versus Nelly. Um, and this one is very interesting. Vulture says, who won? Luda was always going to win because Nelly's hot streak ended effectively when he took four years to follow up to 2004's sweatsuit double. A stretch where Luda went on a tear making hits with Pharrell. Jamie Foxx, Mary J. Blige, Sierra, and Fergie. 
Nelly put points on the board, baffingly avoiding his platinum-selling Tim McGraw collab over and over, but it wasn't enough. This is why certain... Um, I don't know anybody who works at Vulture, but it doesn't seem like they're really of the culture for them to write this. Saying that, number one, the songs they named for Luda, Moneymaker with Pharrell, not one of Ludacris' best songs, Unpredictable with Jamie Foxx, eh, maybe. Runaway Love with Mary J. Blige, it was a great message. Still not one of Ludacris' best songs. Oh, with Sierra, Ludacris' verse on Oh, is phenomenal. And Glamorous with Fergie, nobody talks about that when they talk about Ludacris. And when you talk about Nelly, you're not going to talk about Over and Over as the first song. You're going to think of Tip Drill, Hot in Here, um, E.I. There's so many Nelly songs, and they, they said, oh, well, he only played, like, the fact that somebody mentioned the only song they mentioned for Nelly was the Tim McGraw collaboration. I know that somebody, who, whoever wrote this is not somebody who's of the culture because they're just fucking stupid. I'm sorry, this is bullshit. So I'm going to go through the rest of their ranking, but I'm telling you right now, the rest of this is bullshit. Um, highlights, Luda bringing back the afro he wore in the chicken and beer era. Like, Ludacris had an afro before chicken and beer, the album. Like, y'all, are, this is what I'm saying. Whoever wrote this is not of the culture. Uh, Luda's barely mass frustration at Nelly's abysmal internet connection turning into a meme. Luda revealing a version of Moneymaker with Nelly on the hook instead of Pharrell. Moneymaker is a terrible song. I don't care who's on the fucking hook. That is not one of Ludacris' best songs. So, again, I need to go... I'm gonna finish the rankings. I'm gonna look and see who the author is of this this particular article because they're just not of the culture and they should not be reviewing things of the culture. Uh, number eight, T-Pain versus Lil Jon. Again, this was a really good one. Um, this... For me, like I said, a lot of people were upset that T-Pain played I'm a Flirt because of R. Kelly. Um, They call this, they said this one was too close to call. Okay. Um, Number seven, Fred Hammonds versus Kirk Franklin. This one is actually hard to even put in there because at the same time, this was not a battle. This was for for all of us to heal because of what was going on in the streets. Number six, also not technically a battle, Alicia Keys versus John Legend. Number five, Beanie Man versus Bounty Killer. This is the first one where they decreed that you had to be in the same place. Um, this was a really good one. Number four, Snoop Dogg versus DMX. I can't believe they only have this at four. This is crazy. Uh, this is the first one to uh, after the announced partnership with Apple Music. Um, let's see. Huh. So Billboard scores DMX is the winner, but Vulture scores Snoop Dogg. It was a lock for Snoop the minute they announced his sparring partner was DMX. DMX put on a good show, but his well of hits dried up in the mid-aughts while Snoop caught a second win thanks to a string of gold and platinum certified Neptune's collaborations. The battle wasn't the blowout fans might have expected, but the West Coast legend ran off with it. Dear Timbaland and Swiss Beats, as long as we're uh, relegating East Coast versus West Coast, deliver us Dre versus Puff, please and thanks. That's not going to happen, by the way. Puff is scared. Uh, he tried to say Jermaine Dupree couldn't commit with him. Puff says he has 30 hits of 30 years of hits. Dr. Dre goes all the way back to the 80s when you were still in high school. When you were still in high school, Puff, Dr. Dre was producing for NWA. Uh, Jermaine Dupree was writing records for Criss Cross before anybody knew who Biggie Smalls was. So you on the only two people Puff can battle are Dr. Dre and Jermaine Dupree or maybe fucking Quincy Jones. It's just not... Puff is running from the smoke. I'm being completely honest. Also, another one, Ja Rule wanted DMX and DMX. I'm sorry, not DMX, 50 Cent and 50 Cent said no. 
for everybody saying Ja Rule can't battle 50 Cent, y'all don't remember the era where you couldn't turn on the radio without hearing multiple Murder, Inc. songs within the hour. Ja Rule definitely has more than 20 fucking records to counter 50 Cent. Let's be real. Um, another one, T.I. versus 50 Cent. T.I. baited him, and apparently 50 Cent took the bait, but we haven't got the official scoring yet, so we don't know if that's going to happen. At number three, Vulture has Swiss Beats versus Timbaland. Uh, number two, RZA versus DJ Premier. And at number one, Vulture has Erica Scott. I'm sorry, Erica Badu versus Jill Scott. I'm not saying they don't believe this. I don't think anybody has. There probably is somebody who has it as their number one, but I kind of feel like this is pandering. I'm just being completely honest. Because if you place women anywhere else on this list, then somebody would have said, well, why can't the women be at the top? I feel like they're pandering. This was a good battle, but it's not as good as some of the other ones. Um, who won? Earth, Chakras, Angels, and Babies. Again, whoever wrote this, let's see, Craig Jenkins. Let's just go to Craig's Twitter account. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm very surprised. I know who this Craig Jenkins is, and I cannot believe he said these things. This is very, very interesting to be completely honest with you. I did not expect it to come from this gentleman. So um, I guess I gave him a lot more credit than he really deserves because he's way out of line with some of these takes. So anyway, uh, just to for, uh, some, or, some more notes. Um, uh, American producer and singer Teddy Riley was the subject of online jokes, parody, and criticisms for technical difficulties during his battle with Babyface. He was heavily criticized for poor quality, production values, weak Wi-Fi signals, and over uh, overconfidence. This caused the challenge to be rescheduled for another day. Nelly also faced similar criticism due to his live feed freezing often, inaudible audio for which he blamed severe weather storms. It was storming its ass off that day. That is true. Uh, rapper Ludacris faced backlash after leaking a new song during the battle with Nelly, which contains suggestive humor towards R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, and Roseanne Barr. Again, sometimes they just need to shut the fuck up. He later addressed the subject on Atlanta's V103 radio show with Big Tigger. Sometimes when you speak on record, you speak on it like it's just you and me having a conversation as friends. You're just speaking and being honest. I saw a lot of people misconstrue or didn't understand what I was saying, to which he asked Big Tigger what he thought. He meant, and Tigger's response to defending him was, I think what you're trying to say is, I love his music and what he brought to the table. What? Oh, my God. It, this is insane. I don't know. Ludacris, whatever. I'm not going to go there. Um, during the Bounty Killer versus uh, Beanie Man battle, police interrupted the live performance for possible noise or social distancing complaints. And this was in Jamaica, by the way, if I'm not mistaken. The situation was quickly de-escalated, and the battle continued uninterrupted. The May 25th, uh, 2020 Battle of 112 and Jagged Edge did not feature 112 members Darren Jones and Q Parker, who exited the group in 2019. Legend legendary R&B singer Keith Sweat made a brief on-screen appearance in 112's live stream to show support of both artists. Um, there's a lot of uh, stuff going on here. Um, during the DMX versus Snoop Dogg battle, this one was very interesting. DMX revealed that he was inspired to use the term Get At Me Dog" after meeting Snoop in New York City. Snoop also revealed that a young Bow Wow was the voice used in the classroom intro skit on Snoop Dogg's interlude leading into the track Cheese and Hustlers. If you didn't know that, slap yourself with a hammer. Um, Bow Wow was technically part of Death Row in the very early days. If you look at the Gin and Juice video, before Snoop's parents leave to go before he has the party, there's two kids jumping on the couch. 
the kid in the Troy Aikman cowboy jersey is Lil Bow Wow. Um, Dr. Dre was afraid to use him for, to the, for the album due to the album being too explicit. He also acknowledged that Pharrell encouraged him to get in touch with, his, with rap, to and get in touch and rap with his sexy side for the song Beautiful, which is one of the best Snoop Dogg songs of all time, which Snoop admit he didn't know how to be. DMX, all, <laughs> this is all just funny stuff. A lot of it is just, just you know, interesting tidbits. Again, so um, that's the versus effect, and that's every single versus battle from 1 through 17, what it's meant to the culture. Congratulations to Tim and Swiss on inking the deal with Apple. Uh, I've said all that to say this. Again, I've been wanting to cover verses for quite a while. I just never got around to doing it. Starting with the 18th battle on August the 6th of 2020, Rick Ross versus 2 Chains. If you subscribe to patreon.com slash nonsense, you will get the exclusive versus recap the very next day. I'll be recapping the battle. Um, I'll go and compare my score sheet to some other score sheets, and then I'll also post the links to those playlists to my Patreon as well if you don't, if you aren't getting the playlist from Apple Title or Spotify. Um, again, I want to thank you guys. Um, I apologize, you know, for the, if you're listening on the free feeds, I apologize for you not, you guys not getting content regularly. Uh, it's been a really crazy crazy time 2020 has been extremely crazy i can't believe we're at august already there's only four months left in the year and there's no end in sight to COVID 19 uh we've been told that the fall and winter of 20 and 2021 are going to be completely way worse than what we've already endured because of COVID. so again what i tell you guys is this stay safe uh wear your mask when you go out in public adhere to social distancing guidelines don't be an idiot some of us are going to make it to next year, and then some of us aren't. Do your best to make sure that you make it, right? Don't let anybody else influence you to do some stupid shit or end up at some basement party where you're not supposed to be. Uh, it's just not worth it. It's not. I'm sorry. Like, you can go buy alcohol and drink in your home, and if your friends aren't okay with a text or FaceTime or Zoom or something like that, then they don't care <coughs> Excuse me, about your well-being, and they shouldn't be your friends in the first place. Anyway. My name is Derek. I want to thank you guys. Peace out.